Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. Today, we're going to talk about maintenance. I know it's exciting stuff, but since David's got his Santa Claus wife beater on, I thought that that would be just kidding. He has he, Actually, he has his brand new Missouri Wind and Solar logo coat on that he has been waiting for 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 weeks now. He's so proud. It's great. <laughs> Best uh, coat here. <laughs> but for all of your Thanksgiving and Christmas, and actually what's great now is because we actually have somebody helping us edit the podcast. I can say holidays and dates and stuff because the podcast will actually be edited by the time, by the, time. They, they, the holiday comes up. And I don't have to do little quips in there like, actually, we recorded this six months ago. So for all of your Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, scratching your heads after you ate a whole turkey on what to do, you can do maintenance. Yay. Yay. And we're going to talk about some of the things that you need to do. And some of these you know, some of these you may not remember, but lucky for you, the podcast is here to remind you. So let's talk about those, David, since we're Missouri Wind and Solar. I guess we should talk about, well, actually, let's talk about solar first, because that's that's the one that's easy, but most people probably don't think about because we we so often think of the solar stuff as set it and forget it. Right. I think that's old old Ron Popeil, isn't it? A little little deceiving there. So So a couple of things that, first thing off for solar if you can do it, and, and this is something that we highly recommend when you build your system that you make capable, solar angle. That's the first one. If you can... Man, you just start off with the biggie, right? Yeah, you the, start the, off the, the big, big one. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the big one. You, <laughs> it's time to change your angle. If you've not already done so, you're behind. I, yep. I can tell you right now, you're behind. And, uh, and this, is a, this was a mind blower the first time you talked with me about yeah, this because yeah. we talk about in Missouri... And let's 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 talk about that a little bit more. We we are talking about if you're a flat earther, I got nothing here. I mean, basically, <laughs> the sun and the moon and the earth and the, everything's rotating. And so, what we're talking about here now, I will get this wrong. I mean, every day the earth rolls east to west. Is that right? Right, east to west. Okay, east to west. And so that's easy to see and understand because. You can track the sun across. Yeah, you can track the sun across the sky. But the big, the big thing we're talking about here is the wobble. Right, right. The north to south rotation or northwest. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, yeah. it's called something. What the heck is that called? Okay. That's too All right, much. Quiet science. crystal. Tell us what that. That's the. It's the wobble. It's where. It's what causes the season. It's the reason for the season. But it's where you get that. It's what causes winter, summer, and all that. Right. That's what we're talking about is the degree at which. Yeah. And and so every day, just like the it's moving east to west there again, and we can see that on a 24 hour basis every day. It also changes the degree changes by a minute amount on a daily basis. But overall, throughout a 30 day period, it will change typically about every 10, 
10 days, it changes a degree, you know, either being as a, going even a little flatter or a little bit more vertical. I mean, so Talk about the moving, right, the actual the moving actual the angle of the, right. of the, of the solar panels. And you told me one time, what, what was it in Missouri that, that you, do you remember that right offhand? If you moved it once a quarter. Yeah. The was, low is was like nuts. 27 and the high is like 62. God, yeah. I mean, so it's a huge, it's a huge I mean, that's factor. Like, what, 35, something, yeah. something like that. It's the 35 degree difference. And of course, you know, I think you're going to see that June is 62 and we're starting to vertical down from, from exactly being vertical. I mean, right. that's straight up and down and that's zero. And then we move up to 62 in June. So almost, almost flat, flat, you know, or really flat. But then in, in December, we're at 27, we're down way past. So there's not 12 different degrees. There's actually only six, but so... So July is going to be like January and and so on and so forth. As you move down the line, March is going to be like September. Those degrees are going to be the same. They're both going to be about 42 degrees. So right now we're in November. We've come through September. So right now we're we're sitting at about 30, probably should be around 32 degrees right now, getting ready to come right into that winter months of uh, getting ready to come into December again, you know, the, the winter solstice is right around the door from us. I mean, yeah. less than a month away. So, which is going to be your, you know, that's going to be your, your lowest degree that you're going to be set on. So that's again, and if, what's the, uh, it's at USA dot, not USA.com. You, you'll be find that one on solar. It's called the solar angle calculator. Yeah. Once you, and you just type that into your browser and it'll pop it up and you just, you're going to put in your, your state and then the closest town that you're closest to, you find the closest town and it'll, and it'll tell you right then what degree to be set in that. And, and what you need to understand is your 300 watt panel is losing an incredible amount of efficiency by not making this adjustment. I'm right. sorry, the dog was not approving yes. the podcast. The dong just left the door. (laughs) Yeah, so actually, I just had a customer in the showroom, and and we were talking about this just moments ago, Wes. And I showed him. So, so on our on our facility here at Missouri Wind and Solar, if you was to walk in our our front, you would see two solar panels mounted straight up and down, perfectly vertical with the building. They're mounted directly to the side of the building, on the south facing side of the building, by the way. And so. I've watched this now for years and in the middle of summer, when the sun, when the sun is at its highest point in the sky, as it goes across. And ordinarily we'd be talking about that solar panel laying flat at a a straight horizontal. Yep. Typically those panels are producing about seven amps and this is all at about 20, 27 to to 28 volts, right on the, on the charge control. And this is all measured right through our, our charge control that we have on this and it keeps the data. And then this time of year, the same angle, the same panels are getting about 19 volts at the same, or 19 amps at the same voltage. So I've increased my voltage or my amperage. I've increased almost 13 amps just because of the angle of the panel. If everybody remembers, voltage times amperage equals wattage. So during the summertime, I'm only, these are two 200. 25 watt panels and I'm only getting about 150 to 170 watts production in the summertime 
But in the wintertime, I'm getting almost the full capacity of 450 watts production. So that's how important it is. I mean, that's really how important the angle is. And if you really want to hop on it, come get one of our solar trackers, come get one of our yeah, pull mounts, yeah. something like that. You, solar you, trackers just, they eliminate, they eliminate this conversation. Done. Yeah, right? you're I mean, done. <laughs> no yeah. more need for the, for the maintenance on the, as far as angle goes. So let's move on from there. So we've got the, the, the angles looked at. As far as any other maintenance, let me ask you this. If, like on our, our tracker out here, you've got easy access. You've got easy access to the backside of the panels, all the connection, all of your MC4 connectors, the inverters on the back, everything. Would I do well to grab my multimeter and go out there and start checking individual panels? And if I, if I did... What would I set my multimeter up for? What would I be looking for? Because I know, and we'll talk and talk, I'll quiz you some more on this. We know if I have one poorly producing panel, it would probably be better to even pour a poorly producing panel out altogether and not have it produce anything than it to bring the rest of my array down. So correct. Talk to me about that. So what would, would you, first off, would you do that? Yes. I mean, that's a, that's a great deal. It, it's all going to be dependent on how you've got your, your grid tie application set up. If you're on a, what we call a string inverter, if you remember that's stringing all of our panels together. So that's one big string of panels. So like on our, our tracker, our 12 panel tracker, that would be all 12 panels are tied in a string into and, one big string. Okay, and so is that? So that's panels one's positive to panel two's negative, and then okay. right on down the line. All right. So you'll at the end, you would have one positive line, one negative line. Okay. Okay. So if one of those panels, like Wes has just mentioned, happens to have gone faulty, the entire panel array is going to be working to its to the weakest capacity of the the. So am I going to see a drop in my voltage or am I going to see a drop in? Well, voltage and amperage, I mean, really is what you would see it in, but you could measure it in voltage. If you was to unplug that and just check the VOC. So most panels are going to be anywhere from 36 to 44 on the VOC. And that would be listed right on the back of your panel. So what am I setting my multimeter to? So you're going to, so you're going to set your multimeter to DC because it's producing DC at that point. You're going to set it to DC. You're going to set it to DC, and then you're going to want to set it, you know, there's going to be some different numbers. You don't want to be up at 200. You want to be around that. If you've set it to the 100 mark, then you're going to be able to, you know, read really close. You know, you just don't want to be up no, you know, 500 or. So I've got a a 24-volt, 300-watt panel. Right, which there again, the VOC, what we'll be checking, the open circuit voltage, which is what you're checking. If you're not hooked to a load, if you're just checking panels and not hooked. them in there. What you're, am I looking for? You're What's looking, my multimeter going to read? You should be reading there again. On the back of the panel, it should tell you, but you should be in around that, that anywhere from 36 to 44 range. And that, so if you're reading anything under that. Got a bad panel. You got a bad panel. I mean, and, and at that point, if you're in a string inverter, it's better just to remove it from the string and then purchase a new panel, whatever the, the case may be. Because that one panel is boloing yeah. the entire yeah, and, rest of the. Yeah. I, I've said it before. It's, it's, it's the old remote in the battery situation. Wow, I'd say a lot of people don't even know that. Right. You, so you got a, you got a remote control. A flashlight. Be a better yeah. A flashlight. You got a flashlight and, and you put and it, and it calls for four D batteries and you go to the, your drawer and say, Oh, well I've only got three new batteries. And so then you put that old battery in there with it and you turn the flashlight on and the flashlight still doesn't come on. And you think what in the world? 
because that one battery drew the whole entire voltage string down. Because if everybody doesn't know, when you're putting a battery and you're putting the the little the little nub in, which is the positive end of a battery, against the back side of the the flat side, which is the negative end, what you're doing is creating a series. So now you understand series. You have, if you put 4D batteries in a mag flashlight, you've created a series because that D cell battery has, has a certain amount of voltage. And this battery, this manufacturer said it takes this amount of voltage. Let's just say that those were two volts each. And they said this is an eight volt battery or eight volt flashlight. Well, if that battery, if that particular battery only had one volt in it and you added it to six more or three more, which would be six, then two, 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 and one is only seven volts. And that says it needs eight. Still not there. Doesn't work, you know, and same thing on same thing on the solar panels as you you know there again if it's just each time i add another panel to it i increase my voltage by the amount of voltage that that panel is producing is what i'm doing and that that's as simple as it can really get i mean it's just it's exponentially going up by the amount of voltage being added every time i add a panel so if i have solar panels and by easy numbers they're 30 volts and I put two together. I've got 60, and I put another one. I've got 90, another 120, and this so on up the line. I'm just adding 30 every time I add. And so depending on what inverter you have, what string inverter, most of them can go up to 600 volts. So at that point, you have to stop that string. You can't put it over 600 volts into that unit. Okay, so I got one more with you. Not so much with the equipment, but we've talked about this when we've talked about those 105s that we've got is – your environment. And it's kind of the same idea is your surrounding environment. If you've had your solar panels in a spot for a year and a bush has grown up and a tree. Oh, yes. Yes. And you got, you think, well, that one limb that's just shading just the bottom corner of that, that's no big deal. Yeah. yeah. That is a big, it's a big deal. And, and going to go right back to that customer I had in here just a moment ago. Right. So he was unaware of that. So I took him outside. So I took this customer outside and I I took a 15 watt solar panel. And this is my this was my number one go-to deal. I took a 15 watt solar panel, has little alligator clips on it, and I hooked it to just a regular DC fan, a little 12 volt fan. And I took it outside and I held it in the sunlight. And the thing world that took off worrying and you know, zzz, it takes off worrying. And then I moved the angle and it that worrying sound kind of goes down a little bit. And he said, well, what, why did it do that? And I said, because the angle's not correct. And I showed it and I was showing him how important angle was. And then I told him to put his two fingers over the very bottom edge of the panel. And it went from that to by just covering one, one by one cell of a the panel is 15 inches wide by 20 inches long. And he covered a one by one square and it, and it decreased it by half. So that's how important shading is on a panel. I mean, just just one minute deal that you think that couldn't affect so, it. So just imagine leaves. Leaves. Oh, that's a that's a huge deal. I mean, in Missouri, for us, it's a huge deal right now. Leaves are coming down by the millions. So if that happens to land on your panel, and a leaf can catch anywhere. I've seen them. And it say it catches in the, the edge of the frame of your panel, and it gets over one of the cells. It's totally destroying the, the production of that panel. Dirt. Dirt. I mean, you think rain's going to come and wash it all off. Right. So 
So, okay, so Wes knows this very well, and so does, so does Miss Crystal here. We have a pond aeration system in down the road, and it happens to be right next to a chat gravel road <laughs> very... that gets traveled very often, right? And so once every week and sometimes two or three times a week, depending on how much rain we've had and how much dust there's blowing, we have to stop and get out and clean this panel off or the production goes to where it, well, it won't even run yeah, our SunTac. And you know, the cool thing there is, and that really brought it home, was putting that was putting that SunTac on there yeah. with the pond aeration because this isn't this isn't a knock against the SunTac. What it really does is tell you how important that. Oh, that's exactly right. Is that you see the pump stop? Yeah, the pump quits pr- because there's some air. dust on there. That's right. And, and realize if people are thinking, well, my my solar panels are out there; they're generating power. Right. They're, they're not, they're not, they're not, you know, <laughs> you so keep that thing clean. So that's that, you know, when, when people call in and they say, well, my SunTac, you know, I, I, it's not, that's the number one question we ask. Is there any shading? Have you cleaned the panels, bird droppings? You know, if you're somewhere close and you have a lot of birds that fly over your, any amount of shading in the small. Now we've you, got an interesting solution for that, which is those 105 panels. Right, right. We'll sell you, you know, a pallet the, at a time. You know, so the 105, why Wes is saying that, the 105 is a single cell panel. Instead of being most of most solar cells you're going to find are going to be either 60 cell or 72 cell. And on a smaller ones, you may see a, a 36 cell, but they're going to be a, a lot of cells in one, on one, glass and one on one backing tape or the 105 is one single cell and so two feet by four feet right so shading does not affect it near as bad as it does on the on the multi-cell so i I say that strictly well not strictly because one one reason i say that is if you're interested in we'll sell them to you right but the other thing is is if you're in an environment where you can't not have some shading or you don't or you got some right. of these issues it's a great panel for that that's correct that situation let's talk about our turbines yeah i know there's a there's a there's more maintenance them strictly there's just more moving parts right it, yeah it's got moving parts it's we we just need to remind folks and that's what that's the way this is wind turbines more like your car there's more maintenance you got to right. take care of them we need to pull them down at least every 6 months take a look at them make sure just look, take a look at them visually. Visually, and just like when you put it together, I mean, we give you all the torque specifications. We give everything on that. I would, I recommend to all my customers and, and all of our customers that just have your torque wrench back out. Check that again. Check that, check that hub. Make sure it's still meeting that torque specification. Check those blades. Make sure you have the right torque specification there. You know, these are not a, a cheap unit. They're not and so. You want them to perform. And you want to, the, we want them to perform to maximum. And to do that, it's just like there again. Wes said, just like your car, if you want it to perform to maximum, you need to do preventative maintenance on it. You need to get ahead of the problem. When you call us and you say, "Hey, my shaft is cut in two because my because I didn't make sure that my lock nut was down tight enough on the shaft and the hub spun and it spun my shaft in two, you could have prevented that by simply going out and, and making sure those specifications were all met. One of the big things that we've talked about before, and it's just a great, I mean, frankly, it's just a great idea, is depending on what your wind situation is, is to even have that second hub, that second blade set oh, yeah. to put yeah. on there. You know, if you're transitioning from one 
wind season to the next that you may be moving from a three blade to a five blade or a three blade to five blade, or you may be moving from the G4 11 blade series where you're trying to catch that very minimal wind. You may be transitioning to the G5 five blade series, which I've got a little bit better wind in the, in the, in the, typically in the winter, just because in the winter, a lot of times, the one reason that you're going to see that you have less wind resistance. And, and that just comes by what we talked about earlier, leaves are falling off the trees. And so there's just less things to block that wind as it's coming all across. And some people say, well, that doesn't matter. We'll go to Kansas and they'll tell you, they'll show you it matters. I mean, just come out here to Missouri, where, come, come, when come you, to the store. Yeah. When you go yeah. past a place that doesn't have trees on it, the wind can just, you know, that's why the turbines are out in Nebraska and, and Iowa and places where there's few trees and that's why they work so well there. Now they work, our turbines work anywhere that you can get greater than six mile an hour wind six mile an hour wind, we can put you in a blade set that's going to produce energy. So we don't need the, the 25 and 30 mile an hour winds that the big turbines need. You know, we need a, a six mile an hour steady wind and we can produce energy for you. We want you to bring that down, check the blades. Those blades are incredibly resilient, but we always want to check them just making sure now we can't be resilient against tower strike and that sort of right, thing. There's, right. there are certain things that we can't but we want to check out all the blades, check your hub, like you said. Right. You want to check as well, like in any moving part engine. Ours is not an engine; it's a it's a generator. We've got a we've got bearings in there. We've got a front and a back bearing in this in these units. Okay, and so like any, it's they're now they're a sealed bearing, so you can't grease them, you can't do anything to them. But if your wind turbine's been up three to four years, type of deal. You should probably check that. Make sure you're not having any grinding in that bearing. Make sure it's look. You can you can, another way you can kind of check it is just by physically moving it. If you can move that that shaft and and hub assembly, it's more likely the bearings are starting to go on it. We have a for a minimal fee, send it back in. We'll we'll replace the bearings in it for just you. Like, just like a car, it's a right. heck of a lot. It's going to be cheaper to have it drove right. in than towed in. Yeah. <laughs> if you can just send it in, we'll replace those bearings for you. We'll give it up. I mean, we basically make it like new when it leaves again type of deal. You know, if, if you're having that issue now, if your bearings or if you don't have any bearing issue, I'm not telling you to send it in just to, to send yeah. it in. If you don't, don't believe don't you have up. it, right. I mean, I'm not going to get a filling put in my tooth that doesn't have a cavity. I'm not just, I don't like having, you know, spending money on things I don't want it need to. So, so that's kind of what you'd want to do there. Another thing to look for as you have it down, you know, we're always worried about wind track as well, as far as the the actual tail tracking in the wind. So if you've got that yaw bearing on there, or if you don't, if you have the, this, the, the nylon washer, you need to get that lithium grease out, give it a good dose of lithium grease, get it back up in the air. This helps it track that much easier. The faster I track into the wind, the faster I'm producing energy for you. You know, so that's, that's some of the things while you have it down. Another thing to look for wire twist. If you have a relieve all that, if you can, if you have any wire twist, typically never going to be an issue, but that's, we always tell you there's a, that's part of the maintenance program. This would be a great moment. If you, if you brought it down and you have for some reason a problem with wire wire twist, then it would probably be a great time to go ahead and get a, slip ring yeah if you're if you're constantly having wire twist i mean and having to relieve that every six months then you're having an issue that is not normal and there's probably a there's probably an underlying reason to that that i'll talk about in just a second but 
If you're having that, you need to install that slip ring. And if you're having that issue, the reason you're having that issue is because you're, you're in turbulent wind. If you're in super turbulent wind. They don't have clean wind. That's right. If you're in turbulent wind, if you've got obstructions around you, something that, that's deflecting that wind and causing that turbine to, to spin 360 degrees enough to cause wire twist, you are in very turbulent and. But there, it's a but it's a cheap fix. It's a very right. cheap fix, I, I mean, and, and if you can't a, if you can't adjust the tower and get it higher, you know anywhere from twenty five to forty two dollars, depending on which one you get. You know, so very very simple fix. I mean, while you have it down, it's it's literally a. I mean, it's a it's a ten minute application. You'll have it installed in ten minutes, and then it's don't worry about the wire twist anymore, type of deal. So there is definitely some things that you can do in that in that respect. So we've talked about the panels. We've talked about the wind turbine. What about our our internal inside components, our our charge controllers? You know, our bat- I know our batteries. We're going to talk about batteries again. Yeah, threatened. the what? charge controllers you don't really have a lot of a lot of maintenance on. I would recommend on your charge controller if you start to ever think that you're if you're starting to lose any kind of production through it. It's kind of weird to think, but as as wires get dried out and get corroded, most people that are listening to us will will have understood it. They get in their their car and they start to turn the ignition and it click 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 and they go out and they you know everything's tight. There's a little corrosion on that, you know, but the cable but the and so they get a corrosion you know a remover you know or Coca Cola or whatever they pour on there and it <laughs> eats the corrosion off right and all of a sudden it just fires and and starts right like it's supposed to. Same thing can actually happen in your in your actual controllers as well you can and, and i'm gonna say this i know there's gonna be people out there they'd be like no sir i've got a i've got a 19 whatever whatever that's still running parts wear out right i always talk about it. it's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when right and the components that you've got i mean you know computers are a great example of it right now if you're still using the same computer that you had, I mean, you're you're listening to this on a podcast, so you've got some kind of computing device that's pulling this. If you're still using the same computer that you did in 1996, God bless you. I, I'd I'd hate to be the one that had to pull this podcast down on there. You've just used your whole hard drive. Things wear out. It's the same thing with any of these components. Is that you need to be aware on top of it, monitoring and making sure that these components are up to date and replacing as necessary and monitoring, you know. So exactly like you're saying is, is if you're, you know, if you're listing or monitoring or any kind of hesitations in the equipment, that sort of thing, you get them replaced. Right. Get them replaced. One thing, say you have a, a charge controller, you think that it's, it's not operating to, and there again, you see the little bit of that corrosion. One thing I would really recommend is, and we, we sell it at the store. You can buy it. You can buy it numerous places, but we sell it at the store, and it's the one we, the brand we offer, dielectric grease. You know, clean that corrosion off. Put a little dielectric grease on that on that copper wire as you're putting it back in. That can eliminate a lot of that corrosion and really save you. And not just not just on the maintenance. I would say as you're as you're installing your system, that helps keep that corrosion down over time. So as you do your maintenance. Maybe that's something you don't have to do in the future. You know, there again, it's just a matter of, uh, it's a matter of putting uh, mud flaps on the car. You know, you, you can clean it all out after it's rusted, but if you'd have just done it before, you might not have had that issue. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm looking at the, at the clock here, like three or four minutes tops. 
What do we need to do with our batteries? Batteries, if you're lead-acid batteries, winter's coming. Most Well, mostly it's already here. It already punched yeah. us in the face. Winter, <laughs> get them up off the, it, get yeah. them off, off the floor. Get them up <laughs> off the floor. You know, we'd never recommend batteries being on a cold floor. I mean, that just it's not good for them. Flooded lead-acid batteries, aqueous batteries, any any aqueous battery that that is got caps that you can – I shouldn't have to tell you this every six months. You should be doing this on a monthly basis. If you're if you're charging and recharging every day through a solar system, you need to be looking at this on a monthly basis. It should be just like paying the electric bill. If you do it on the 15th, then you need to be looking at the, the batteries on the 15th of every month and making sure they're topped off with water. You know, as, as you produce too much energy and overcharge, it causes electrolysis of water, right, and, and burns off as hydrogen gas. And so – when we were talking about that charge controller earlier, and some people say, well, it's in a place where there's no moisture, but they're setting, it's setting literally because you have to have your charge controller by your batteries. If it's setting and you have a lead acid battery that is getting warm and put in an off gas, the corrosion is getting to your charge controller because typically the charge controller is above right <laughs> and it's going to go right up into your charge controller. And that right there can cause corrosion in itself. Okay. What if I've got lithium iron, lithium ion? Lithium ion and, and AGM batteries. I mean, the reason that they have the expense is they are set it and forget leave it. Leave them alone. They're leaving them alone. So that that's that's the trade off. That's you know they're going to be a higher price battery, but you're going to get that that per, you know that protection and not not have to maintenance them. So okay, what else are we what else are we thinking? That's kind of everything as far as PM maintenance. Back to the wind turbine. Checking guy wire cables. If you have it on a tower that has guy wires, I mean, you need to be checking that. Make sure they're tight. Making sure any anything on the tower. I mean, you know, I don't care if the tower is just twenty foot in the air. If that was to come down with with our PMG on it, you know, God forbid somebody be under it, but it's not going to be a good day, you know. So anything that you're doing like that, just make sure that you're. I mean, anything to do with the wind turbine. Another thing to check for solar and wind. If you live like where I do. There's a lot of little critters around, and they like to chew on whatever they can get their little teeth on. You know, being as you have dogs, being as you have cats, mice, squirrels, for the God's sakes, they're one of the worst. They chew on some of that. Yeah, they'll, yeah. <laughs> but if they happen to chew on a wire, get a you know get to get a wire exposed. There again, it's exposed to corrosion. You know, just little things like that. That's just things to be looking for constantly. Just going to give you the best performance if you make sure all that stuff is in good order. You know, all the time. All right, we good. I think that's it. All right. So let's make sure you got everything maintenance up now, even though it's it's been bad already, man. It's been pretty cold. <laughs> but better to do it when it's, when I guess, right. what was it, 30 or 40 today? You'll have some warm times between now, and, to the now and January, <laughs> but you wait much later and you're going to be doing the cold, cold weather. So All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we'll look forward to working with you again, and we'll bring you some more podcasts hopefully in the next couple of weeks or so. So if we don't, then uh, if we don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, hope you have a great Thanksgiving, but we'll try to get one more in before Thanksgiving. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.